Welcome home, Luke 15, verse 32. It's only right to celebrate like this and be overjoyed because this brother of yours was once dead and gone, but now he is alive and back with us again. He was lost, but now he is found. There's nothing like being welcomed home. Nothing like an embrace from a loved one, from someone who accepts you just as you are with unconditional love, unconditional grace. And this story of the prodigal son, which we've just seen acted out in Luke 15, is a beautiful picture of the Father's love towards us, towards you and towards me. And that's what Easter is really all about, is that Jesus came and he died a death that we should have died. And he rose to life again so that he might welcome us in to relationships. So he might embrace us with that unconditional love, with that grace. His desire is to see the lost, the broken, the hurting, the good as dead, brought back to life and welcomed home again. Well, this morning, this Easter Sunday, I want to share another story found in Genesis 22 of a son being welcomed home. Genesis 22, let me read it for you, verses 1 to 14. It says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied. Here I am. Take your son, your only son. Yes, Isaac, whom you love so much. And go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. So the next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and he took two of his servants with him along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for the fire, for a burnt offering, and set out for the place that God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with a donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there, and then we will come right back. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders, while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide the sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered. And they both walked on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged it on the wood. Then he tied up his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. And at that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Don't hurt him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram as a sacrifice. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. And Abraham named the place Yahweh Yireh, which means the Lord will provide. And to this day, people still use the name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for your word this morning. And God, we thank you that this Easter Sunday, we celebrate the life of Jesus. We celebrate the resurrection, that you have conquered death, you have conquered sin, and you have welcomed us home into relationship with you. And so God, we praise you this morning. And we ask that you would speak to us and encourage us 
once again from your word. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Well, this morning I want to welcome you to our home. Uh, and this, it's uh, such a privilege to virtually have you in our home. Uh, I wanted to preach from home this morning because I really felt that uh, the message that God wants to remind us of remind us of this morning is this idea of welcome home. That God the Father loves you, He loves me, and He wants to welcome us home into that family, into that place of belonging, that place of security. And we've been spending a lot of time at home recently, uh, maybe more than we perhaps would like. But you know, the difference between this home and the home that our Heavenly Father has for us is that we will never grow tired. Uh, we will ne- never f- feel confined or constrained or um, like we're not free. Instead, we will feel uh, the most freedom we've ever felt and the most joy that we've ever felt. And there's something about being at home. There's something about being in a place where you feel like you belong, where you're secure, where you're safe. And we don't always feel that in a physical location. And, and I pray that you are feeling that sense of security and safety where you find yourself this morning. But um, a lot of the time, that feeling of safety and, and security is just with a person or a group of people, maybe a, a direct family or a group of friends. Uh, we have that place that just feels like home, where we are loved unconditionally, where we are accepted as we are for who we are. And there is grace towards us. There is not judgment. We can be whoever we want to be. And we are welcomed because of it. And I want to encourage you this morning that our Heavenly Father loves us as we are. And He welcomes us into His home, into His family, as we are. And this morning, uh, I want to reflect on this story in Genesis 2. Of a, of a family, of a, of a family unit that is at home with themselves. And something is um, disturbing that family unit. And it is this command of God to go and sacrifice Isaac. Now, if you don't know the story of Abraham and Sarah, um, what you have to understand before this story takes place in Genesis 22 is that Isaac was the promised child. He was uh, a promise from God to Abraham and Sarah. Abraham and Sarah had not been able to have children for many years and um, Although God had promised that they would have um, many children, they would be a father of many nations. Isaac comes along as a miracle baby late in Abraham and Sarah's life when they're in their 90s. And so you can imagine that in this moment when God gives the command, how devastating it would be for Abraham. And perhaps Sarah, we're not sure if Sarah knew about this command before it takes place, but Um, If she did, you can imagine the pain that both of them would have felt of knowing that this was goodbye, that they were to take their son and uh, go on this journey. There was so much love towards Isaac, perhaps more than we might um, comprehend ourselves. And this unthinkable happens, this command from God to go and sacrifice this only son, to separate, not just for a period, but forever. Verse 1 and 2 of Genesis 22, let me remind you what it says. God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. So again, we're not sure if Sarah knew about this, but 
If she did know about this, you could imagine the embraces, the hugs, the tears, the pain, the devastation of knowing that this was goodbye. And at least for Abraham on that journey, to know that this was it, those, those looks he would have given Isaac on that journey, knowing that maybe this was the last time that he would ever see his son. The sense of loss, the goodbyes, the sense of confusion as Isaac and Abraham went on that journey together. Isaac not knowing what was about to take place at this point, but then in verse 7 and 8, it dawns on him what is about to take place. Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, we have the fire, we have the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. So Isaac and Abraham, their faith is strong. They trust God. They know that, well, if God says this, this is what we're to do. Now, again, to understand this story, you need to understand that the Mosaic law wasn't in place at this point and child sacrifice wasn't um, ruled out by God. It was not the heart of God. And we see through the story that that's not, in, uh, that's not what God um, ends up doing. Um, but in this time, in the culture they found themselves, um, child sacrifice was a fairly normal part of their way of life. And so for God to ask them to do this wouldn't have been um, terribly out of the ordinary. It would have been something that they would have um, accepted as truth. And so in their faith and obedience to God, um, they went and did this and went on this journey. It's also important to know that Isaac didn't deserve this. Isaac wasn't at, at fault or some sort of terrible human, any worse than any, anyone else. Uh, and so he didn't deserve to be sacrificed, but he went willingly anyway. He went um, to go on the altar and he was out of obedience. So Hebrews 11 is a great commentary on this story. In verse 17 and 19, it, it tells us this about this exact story. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. Spoiler alert, Isaac doesn't die. But Abraham didn't want to sacrifice his son. It wasn't like Abraham was desiring this. Instead, he had faith in God that God was able to bring Isaac back even from the dead. Imagine having faith like that. But Abraham was um, on this journey and willing to sacrifice his son out of obedience and faith. And you know, this story, I believe, of Isaac and Abraham is a, is a foreshadow of Jesus and his sacrifice for us. But there are some key differences. You know, Jesus left heaven and he was um, God's only son, very, very similar to Isaac, a, a loved and cherished son of the father. And the son leaves heaven knowing that he's going to be a sacrifice. He leaves willingly, not reluctantly. And the love the father, our heavenly father, has for the son Jesus is unlike any love we'd ever known. And we can compare it to a father's love for their child. And it helps us to understand, but it's, it's nothing in, in comparison. And the key difference here, I, I think, in this story is that Jesus goes to the cross, not just in obedience, 
not just because he has to, but because he wants to, because he desires to, because he loves you and he loves me. He wants to bring us back into relationship with him. And Jesus, God's son, was taken through no fault of his own to be a sacrifice for you and me. And he was taken and put on that cross and where he died. But of course, we know that Jesus didn't stay dead. And like the story of Abraham and Isaac, Isaac, although he's put on the altar and he's tired and he's about to be killed, God provides a way out. God always provides. And you can imagine when Isaac is pulled off that altar, the, the embrace that Abraham must have given Isaac, the love, the, the gratitude, the sense of um, wholeness that he would have felt at that moment. The homecoming, the welcome home as they traveled back home and they saw Sarah. And as they came running back through that door and, and finding out what had just taken place and the, and the embrace and the love that they had had. You can imagine the, the love and the welcome home that Abraham and Sarah would have had for Isaac. You know, I've got Harry here and I can't imagine what it would be like to, to do anything like this, to send my son and, and do, um, oh, it's unthinkable, I can't even speak about it, um, but the, the love that a father has for a child and the, the lengths that a father would go to to protect and to love that child is nothing like the love and the, the lengths our Heavenly Father would go for us. You know, um, I'm sure Abraham didn't want to offer his son Isaac, just like any father wouldn't want to offer their son, um, let alone offer their son in place of somebody else. And that's exactly what our Heavenly Father does. He gives us his only son in place of you and in place of me because he loves us, because he desires us. He wants to welcome us home as his own son. He wants us to, um, to come running back to him so that we can be welcomed into his family and so that we can know what true love is and we can know what real security is and real provision is and real safety is. Thanks, Harry. You can go back inside now, Maddie. And this is the motivation of the Father, to send Jesus for you so that you might walk through the door and be welcomed home. Jesus didn't stay dead when he was on that cross, which we know. Easter Sunday is all about the resurrection, that Jesus came back to life. He was in a grave where the dead lay, but the grave didn't hold him. The grave couldn't contain him. He walked out of that grave alive. And the father wasn't doing this um, to his son out of obedience like Abraham. Instead, he was doing it out of love for you and I. He loved us so much, John 3.16 says, that he sent his only son so that we might know life so that we might know eternal life we were dead much like isaac we were as good as dead and we are welcomed home alive because of the death and the life of jesus i love the way ephesians 2 tells us about this good news i want to read it to you verses 1 to 10 once you are under god's curse doomed forever for your sins you went along with the crowd and you were just like all the others Full of sin, obeying Satan, the mighty prince of the power of the air, who was at work right now in the hearts of those who are against the Lord. All of us used to be 
just as they are, our lives expressing the evil within us, doing every wicked thing that our passions and our evil thoughts might lead us into. We started out bad, being born with evil natures, and we're under God's anger, just like everyone else. But God, who is so rich in mercy, He loved us so much, that even though we were spiritually dead and doomed by our sins, He gave us back our lives again when He raised Christ from the dead. Only by His undeserved favor, favor have we ever been saved and lifted us up from the grave into the glory along with Jesus Christ, where we sit with Him in the heavenly realms, all because of what Christ Jesus did. And now God can always point to us as examples of how very, very rich His kindness is, as shown in all He has done for us through Jesus Christ. Because of His kindness, you have been saved through trusting Christ. And even trusting is not of yourselves. It too is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good we have done, so none of us can take any credit for it. It is God himself who has made us what we are and given us new lives from Christ Jesus. And long ages ago, he planned that we should spend those lives in helping others. You know, we are just like Isaac. We are as good as dead. Apart from Jesus, in, we are dead. Ephesians 2 tells us we are dead in our sin. We are completely separated from the Father. We are completely cut off from the life creator, the life sustainer, the life redeemer, the life source we are cut off from. And we're all in the same situation. You know, the the wonderful thing about Easter is that Jesus dies for all. Jesus dies for the sins of many. And, you know, those of us who have been to church our entire lives, Jesus died for us. Those of us who have never been to church before in our entire life, Jesus died for us. Those of us who have helped others generously and those of us who have been completely self-absorbed in our own lives, Jesus dies for us. Those of us who have lived with great morality and those of us who have done and said and thought unthinkable things, Jesus died for us. Those of us who have great families and those of us with pain and disconnection from our families, Jesus died for us. We're all in the same boat. We are all separated from God, dead in sin, away from life, away from the Father. But Jesus goes and dies the death that we should have so that he can raise us to life with him and carry us home to the Father. Jesus holds out his hands and says, Come, come home. You're welcome. I've made the preparations. I've dealt with all that needs to be dealt with. Come home and experience what you're created for. Welcome home. You know, the relationship that we find that feels like home for us, maybe it's our immediate family, maybe it's that that group of friends or that person, is nothing like the relationship that we feel with the Father. Relationship with the Father is what we were designed for. It is the biggest home. It is the biggest sense of security and safety and um, belonging that we could ever imagine. There is nothing like coming home. Some of us might be sick of being at home at the moment, but we will never grow sick and tired of being at home with Jesus. The home we find in Jesus, is, it's not dull. It doesn't run out of joy. It doesn't run out of satisfaction. It's brimming with life. It's brimming with joy, with hope. And the Father is waiting to welcome you into that home. And this morning, this Easter Sunday, 
I want to encourage you that Jesus loves you, that Jesus died on the cross for you so that you could know the Father, so that you could come and be welcomed home by God himself. You're welcome as you are. You don't need to change anything before you're welcome. You are welcome as you are. And this morning, I'd love to pray with you and and give you the chance and the opportunity to make a decision to come home to the Father. Lord God, I thank you so much for Jesus. And I thank you so much for the opportunity that he gives us to be welcomed home. And God, I pray for those this morning that are not in relationship with you. And God, this morning, you are drawing them into yourself. God, you're helping them see who you really are. And God, this morning, I pray that that they might make a decision to come home to you. They might accept um, with faith the, the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And that as they do, that they might feel the embrace of the Father like never before. I pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. This morning, if you want to make a decision like this, I really encourage you to, to let us know, to, to reach out, give us a phone call, um, click on a link, fill out a connect card, whatever you can do to let us know because we'd love to journey with you. We'd love to encourage you and help you in your journey with Jesus. And for the rest of us, I pray that this encourages us again, that Jesus is for us. He loves us. He welcomes us home just as we are in the good seasons and in the bad seasons. His love is unconditional. Happy Easter. And this morning, uh, we have a very special time coming up with the kids. And so thanks so much for joining us, adults. But uh, now it's time for the kids to get ready for their live stream. Uh, So we're going to leave the chat open and and encourage you to connect with each other. Uh, And in in about 10 minutes time, there'll be a a countdown on the screen. The SBC Kids live stream will start and uh, I'm really looking forward to peering in through the door and watching uh, with my kids this morning. So thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you again next week.